you know what that is? That's the real estate version of the extra biscuit story with KFC. If if anyone doesn't know that story, I'll just say it real quick. Basically, there's this KFC. I forgot where, but someplace shady to be sure. And what would happen is people would go and they'd they'd buy chicken, like whatever, three-piece meal. And then they'd say, I'd like extra biscuits, right? But And then they'd go and they'd pay this money. Well, these cops would sometimes come by, but they were like off-duty. And I think one was in line behind one of these people who said, I want extra biscuits. But when he paid the guy, he handed him a stack like this of money, and there was no change. So the cops are like, the hell? You know, this went on for like a couple of weeks. Eventually, they're like, let's see what this extra biscuits is. They go up and they say, yeah, um, extra biscuits with my meal, please. And the guy like looks, he starts looking around all shady like. And then he's like, all right. And he hands him like another bag. Inside his bag is like cocaine. <laughs> they were selling <laughs> cocaine outside of the KFC. So if you Jeez. wanted extra biscuits, that means you want a little cocaine on the side. Welcome to Geek Salad, a podcast about two guys talking about their passion for editing geek from the digital world to the not so digital world. Now, here are your hosts. Randy and Jay A. LaRock. Welcome to the Geek Salad show and podcast. We are live here on Twitch. Geek Salad is powered by ObsoleteGamer.com and the Mascot Studio Podcast Network. Man, um, I want to get to the good stories, the ones that make us happy or laugh. But I do have to start off with something I want to talk about a while ago. And, you know, it's been like, what, two weeks now since this happened? So it's kind of out, but it kind of brought up a bigger point. So we're from Miami, so I like the heat. And if you follow basketball, maybe you heard a couple of weeks ago, there's a, there was a guy, Myers Leonard, who was one of our centers for the Miami Heat. And he ended up getting basically traded, kicked off the team, suspended, fined, all that stuff, because he said a racial slur playing Twitch. And if you if you see it, it's 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 kind of even bad because he said basically the K word that rhymes with Mike. So mm. it's like it's oh, like but know. but here's the problem. Even worse, worse is that he had like a pause as if he was going to say something worse. And then he picked that. So it's like people who are watching the video kept saying, man, what is this guy you know, where, where, where was he digging into that bag of racial slurs before he pulled he that going? out? <laughs> where was he going with this? And uh, he ended up getting dropped by Origin PC, which, again, we, we have uh, connections, friends with. And then eventually got fined by the NBA and stuff. Now, most of the time, most of the people were saying, hey, you messed up. You know, you take your punishment. You know, some people were saying we kind of canceled him too hard because he was saying he was – trying to work with, you know, Jewish communities and stuff like that. But unfortunately, you start to see a lot of the same stuff that you see over and over again whenever someone does something stupid on Twitter or Twitch or something. And it was, oh, it was in the heat of the game. Oh, it's just gaming. It's just – and that's kind of the point I want to hit on because I think that that's bullshit. Um, Look, I I remember a long time ago – when I was a kid, like my, my, my mom was the kind of person that was like, no nonsense. Like you couldn't curse around her. You couldn't do anything. 
I remember one time I was trying to make some eggs, right? And I like picked up an egg. I had picked up like two eggs. I picked up the third egg and it like broke in my hand. And I'm like, and I said, shit. And immediately I was like, oh my God, because my mom was like right there. And I'm just expecting yeah. that fucking sandal to hit me in the back of the head. You had that fear of God in you. And it was like, Ugh, okay. And the thing was, is that that came out of my mouth. Why? Because I was already programmed to say that when bad things happened. The thing yeah. that what people don't understand is that a racial slur wasn't going to come out when I broke an egg. You know why? Because that wasn't in my repertoire of things to say. So this thing that it's just gaming is full of crap because you have to put those words into your head. You oh, have yeah. to put that as part of your lexicon for it to come out. Yeah. Like when I'm playing a game, if I get owned or even if so, I've had games where like, ooh, you know when I used to get triggered and heated back in the day with League of Legends, <laughs> when people would lose on purpose, I'd have people join our team, lose on purpose, taunt us while they're losing. I'm screaming my ass off. I'm calling them all kinds of bitches. Mm -hmm. Did I say any racial slurs? No. <laughs> Why? Not part of the lexicon. Now, that doesn't mean that I've never told a joke or said things that was wrong. Of course I have. But there's a difference between even when you're among friends by yourself and you say something, and even though, and then you may realize it's wrong and be like, my bad. Then there's mm -hmm. a difference between you say it so much that it just comes out when you're playing a video game. Yep. So well, I just wanted to say I don't buy that, especially in Twitter when you write. It takes your brain a few seconds to write. You don't get an excuse for typing things that get you in trouble on Twitter. <laughs> I was about to say, because you have to first think of what you want to say and then type that out and go through it. Like, all right, I'm going to make sure I don't put any spelling mistakes or anything. Like, you have to go through a process. It ain't like you're sitting, standing somewhere, speaking somewhere, and just boop, and it comes out. Like, no. <laughs> like, there's multiple steps here. Um, the interesting that, like, <laughs> switch to Zoom. Hey, 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 remember, <laughs> Zoom were the people that sat there and started the whole pandemic so that their app can take off. Just saying. Oh, that's right. Just saying. <laughs> We've gone over this before on the on the podcast. <laughs> um, but, like, it's not only something like that that's crazy, is thinking about how, like, right now in Twitter and, and, and everything, just having somebody come out and say such and such a person has did this or is, is this, and they start – flinging around words that they ship. And so, in case anybody knows, if you guys know the game Grumps, one of the two guys that's there, Dan, apparently earlier, like, I think it was like two weeks ago, got accused of basically meeting up with one of his fans, having sex with her, and then ghosting her. And so at first, the way that the story was presented and stuff, everyone was like, man, he started like telling her some pretty risque stuff when she was like underage, and then like Four years later, they hooked up and blah, blah, blah. Like, But then what ends up happening? People start sharing stuff and realize like, oh, so he started talking to this girl when she was 17. But when you look at all the conversations that were released when she was 17, it was all like, hey, I'm this guy from Game Grumps, blah, blah, blah. Cool. You're a fan. That's cool. You know, yeah, we can meet at a convention and stuff. I can say hi to you, blah, 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 blah. She turned 18. You literally have a message from him to her saying, hey, happy birthday, pa 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 And then four years later, well, I mean, he, he basically was like, hey, happy birthday. Hope you're having a good time. Cool, blah, blah, blah. 
take care. That was it. Four years later, the girl's 22 years old now. He starts chatting with her again. And then that's when it started turning into more adult type of stuff. He meets with her. He sleeps with her. He goes with her. Now, was it a really crappy thing that he did that? Yes. Did he use his fame to kind of hook up and then just go? Yes. Did he sit there and groom her and do all the stuff that they were sitting there? Absolutely not. He did not sit there and say anything that was bad while she was underage, even after she turned of age. It wasn't until four years later. Now, had he done it when she was way younger? Oh, absolutely. He would. He should be ousted. But you should have seen the amount of people that when the information first started coming out were like, they need to cancel and blah, 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 blah. They were out there with their pitchforks and their torches. They were ready to burn this man's career to the ground. And well, it was funny. And, well, the thing that was really funny was he just sat back and didn't put out a statement. So people, of course, you know, something happens and someone doesn't immediately release a statement. They're like, oh, he's guilty. He didn't say anything. Once the truth came out, that's when he put out his statement saying, hey, I met her as an adult. I knew her as a fan. Nothing happened until after she was adult. So that's all I'm going to say. And literally everybody that was like, like he should be. Right away, here comes the like, well, you know, we shouldn't have judged this so fast. I'm like, dude, you already did. It's too damn late, especially nowadays. He pulled the quag. He pulled a quagmire, man. Oh, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> he waited. He was. We were like with Meg. He's like Meg turned 18. Like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Yeah. See, and, and that's the problem. Uh, a discussion like this can't be done with Twitter mm-hmm. because it's complicated. You know, both sides have an issue. Yeah. First, like I said, you don't get a pass for saying things that get you in trouble online. Like, you just don't. But at the other hand of it, there are people that will use whatever is inside their emotions to come after you, whether you're guilty or not, or if you they even think you're guilty. And yeah. unfortunately, I've seen – I mean, man, even with Obsolete Gamer, I remember back in, like, I guess our, our heyday or something, we got, like, a blurb in CNET. I mean, nothing. A little nothing, right? <laughs> And people were like, who the hell's obsolete gamer? And then we had some people going through our website. Oh, your website's trash. This article's trash. Why did you say this on this podcast? And we're like, who are you? We're like, where is this coming from? We're a tiny little gaming site that got lucky and got a blurb on CNET, which even then CNET wasn't huge. We were proud of it, but we didn't didn't brag. We didn't gloat. I don't think we even retweeted it at the time. And people were coming at us, and we're like, what? The? No, whoa, and that's whoa, the problem. Whoa. There are people that have something wrong with their emotions that they see people that are doing something, and it doesn't matter if they're small-time, medium-time, or big-time. They just want to attack, and oh, yeah. I think that's something we're going to have to work out because I've even noticed like um, the biggest switch between now and maybe 10 years ago <laughs> is when a fan did something. Like, let's say fans came together and they made something like back in the day, like with uh, Quake and stuff like that. They mm-hmm. had the, the Quake, uh, Quake.com and things like that. Yeah. People would be happy. They'd be like, man, mm-hmm. look at that. Fans like me doing something awesome. I want to support them. Nowadays, uh, it's like, why are they, why are those fans and nobodies getting popular? 
Like yeah. that's how people. That's the difference between now and then. People used to be happy when someone stepped up. Now people are upset, even if you took one step, like from the sewer to like the street. You go know, from the bottom to the top. You're just like, yeah, nope, you went from the sewer, the sewer to the gutter, and they're mad because you're in the gutter now. You don't deserve to be in the gutter. <laughs> Bro, I'll put it this way: we can we can go what even further. Remember, remember Red Eye, and and oh, you guys at home. Red Eye was something we used to, a big group of, of friends of ours, we used to get together. One of our friends, his, his mom had a clothing factory. We'd literally meet once a month, and it was just a LAN party. It's just everybody brought your computers, you hooked up to a router, and you played everything from, like, CSGO to TF2 to whatever. Literally back in the day, whenever something happened, that some crazy person would sit there and shoot things, and then, like, you know, almost like the whole Columbine thing, you know, oh, it was the violent video games and all that. We legit don't know how, but a news crew found out about Red Eye, and we literally had a news crew filming outside one of the locations where we were, and they made it seem like, oh, this is what's driving these people, these dens where they get together, and we're like, whoa, 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 and they even interviewed a couple of us. And they're like, what do you think of this? Like, we sat there and chastised it. We condoned it all. We're like, nope. Like, that has nothing to do with it. We are meet together. We're all friends. We may tax, talk smack to one another, but at the end of the day, we all love one another. We take care of one another. Like, we, they were sitting there expecting us to go, I'm going to burn this world to the ground. And they didn't get none of that. And it was funny because I think out of like the dozen or so people that they interviewed, I think they only put one person on the air, and that was Terry because Terry looked like a psychopath. Yes. After being up for two days, you know. It was literally like the worst of media coverage because. Oh God. You know how what like you know how some gamers get like you ever you ever watch some even on Twitch you watch some gamers. And when they're really into a game, they'll have that look on their face, especially like a first-person shooter. Sometimes they kind of look like a psychopath, but they're really cool. They're just focused, and they might have – you know how you could have resting bitch face? You could have gaming psychopath face. And and that's what happened. They – the rest of the time – we're think about this. This is in Miami. This is multicultural. You see black, white, Hispanic, Asian – Everybody together having fun, joking. We went out to eat. We're sharing food. We're laughing. Did any of that get in there? No. No. What was it? They would show a cut of us playing like Quake or something. Someone getting killed on Quake. And then a like reaction shot of someone looking like this. (laughs) You know, like all crazy. And that's it. So it, it looked like that's all we were. And then they would like film like it when it was extra dark. So it really yeah. did, and they play that ominous music. So yeah. it really looked like we were like a bunch of like crazy people, like just ready to go out and commit murders. And mind you, this was on a Saturday night when we used to arrive to Red Eye on Friday evening, and we'd be up from Friday evening pretty much almost till Sunday morning. So you're talking a day and a half of just nothing but energy drinks and junk food. And you're just like can't even make out a sentence anymore because you're just so tired. And that's when they came and interviewed everybody. And even then, most of the interviews were very tame and passive and nice. Oh, yeah. Which is why they never showed up on the show. Yeah, they just like, what do you guys do here? Oh, we get together with all our friends. We have a good time and this and that. We drink and we, you know, we play video games. And, you know, they would just, they would, you could tell they were like baiting questions too to try and get like a, a crazy reaction out of us. But we were all like calm, just like straight answers, like, yeah, oh yeah, we just do this for fun once a month and blah, blah, blah. 
you know? It was so funny. Anyways. That, that was Red Eye 2, too. So we were we were veterans oh, by dude. then. <laughs> I what I'll never forget about the second place we did Red Eye in was that first time we were there. Those that, like, that, Well, dude, the, the, the way that all the smokers would sit there, like, they'd be outside and all of a sudden they'd come inside and they're like, hey, um... So there's like some people going around outside of this and that. Sure enough, Alex would just radio to his buddies and four cop cars show up. Yeah, um, if you guys don't know, the way it was situated is like uh, Miami will or any city will have kind of like a garment district. But this wasn't kind of like the nice garment district. This was like the all the warehouses look like they could contain drug cartels inside and you're not sure type <laughs> of warehouses. So the thing was and then on top of that, after like. 6 p.m. everyone cleared out there was nothing else there wasn't restaurants or things where you'd have foot traffic so it's expected that by the time it's six or seven there should be no one there so you're seeing mm-hmm. cars show up and you know a lot of these people our our group ranged in age we had people from like 16 all the way up into their 40s so some people had really yeah. nice cars so yeah, you would you would attract some shady elements. Not, not only nice cars, but they would see us just bringing in computer equipment after computer equipment after computer. So people would be like, "Yo, there's like 20 computers up in that place." Yeah. <laughs> that was so funny. And that's when we hit our peak. We were getting close to like a hundred oh, people. Dude, yeah, I was about to say. I remember when it got to a point where it was like friends of friends of friends of friends were showing up, and without none of the other people, and we're like, "Who are you?" Yeah. They're like, I know Jose. And they're like, who's Jose? Oh, Jose knows Rick. Who's Rick? Rick knows James. Who's James? Oh, James knows Ed. Okay. All right. Now we see where it all lies. It's like six degrees of Kevin Bacon almost with like, with these people. Cause dude. And then I remember like, then that was when stuff started disappearing. And that was when Ed was like, all right, that's it. Put the kibosh on this. If you're not invited, you can't come. I think that that was the time when I really earned my stripe because literally Ed left because we, we would take um, a small fee because, I mean, it's it's his warehouse and it was using a lot of um, oh, dude, power plus so much stuff. Juice. But I mean, the fee was like five bucks or maybe ten. Yeah. And, uh, and then no, he provided five. food like, you know, there was always like soda and chips and stuff at least. So it's not like you got ripped off. Believe me, it was completely worth it. But I remember he went out to eat with a couple of guys. And left a stack of cash right next to his computer, bro. And this is where we had like 90 people and a whole bunch of people we didn't know. If this was normal, like if this was Red Eye 1, oh, it would have never been touched. I wouldn't yeah. have even said anything. This was Red Eye 2 when we were we were building up. So I, was, I grabbed that money and when he came back, I'm like, bro, you can't be leaving the stacks out. Bro, I – the – like literally 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 every time i think of red eye one i will never actually no it was red eye two because it was the second warehouse i will never in my life forget one of the red eyes and just because what happened why because it was the one and only time i've ever seen ed get mad to the point where, like, you look, you could have looked at him and go, all right, I ain't going to talk to him right now. He needs to calm down. Like, he was just, like, at 100. And it was <laughs> because cause I remember they had the bathrooms there because we used to do it in the sewing room because it was the biggest area that had the big tables and all that. 
And so they had, I think it was like two or three bathrooms, but it was for the work. And you're talking 50 something workers or whatever. You know, I don't even know how many like people total could fit there, but literally only had these three bathrooms and somebody went to the, and I think like one of them was broken. So there was two left and somebody went to the bathroom and clogged it. And man, Ed went to the bathroom, saw that it was clogged. And he, he like that realization came in that he's like, I'm going to have to tell my mother that they're down to one toilet and I know I'm going to get yelled at. And I remember him coming out of that bathroom and you're talking, we had 40 computers all turned on all audio going all over the place. And when I tell you, it didn't matter in this building where you were, you could hear Ed. It didn't matter. Ed just, all right, everybody listen up. He's like, I don't care if you got a shit in a can outside. Or it was like, he's like, I don't care if you're about to shit yourself. You are not to use these bathrooms and this and this and that. And he's like, I don't care. You better go outside and crap in a coffee can. And this is, I was like, I was sitting there going, oh, my God, Ed <laughs> is mad. You know? And, like, bro, I was like, damn, I felt bad for him because I'm like, you know, he's going to get it from his mother. But, wow. And. Just for context, guys, this so this is a warehouse. Those are industrial toilets. Those are the type of toilets that when you flushed it, it goes. <laughs> if, so if you, yeah, if you were still sitting on the toilet, you had to grab the walls and not get sucked in. <laughs> yeah. Like, so like, to clog that up, you had to have been on something. <laughs> dude, that was man. Like I said, I've never seen Ed that mad ever after that or before that, and it was just like eye opening. Oh Lord! All right, now on a positive note. <laughs> yeah, let, let's let's hear about the good stuff. I'm done with my soapboxes. All right. Yeah, instead of like you know Randy's rant, we're gonna make it Jose's rant. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So. So I will say I, I will press you know, start this off by saying thank God I have to find the Twitter account. So. It's at Matt Swider M A T T S W I D E R. I have to give this man props. So him and Wario64 on Twitter, so at Wario64 as well. Basically, if you're looking for – Wario will do basically anything that goes on sale and stuff like that. He'll do PS5 and Xbox stock drops as well as video card stock drops. And Matt just does PS5, Xbox stock uh, drops. And so I've been going around at literally for four months since day of launch trying to get a PS5. Like – Signed up to both these guys every single time. Oh, it's, you know, the PlayStation Direct. I would go to the, the link. Oh, Target has them. Try to get it from Target. Oh, Best Buy has them. Try to get it from Best Buy. Could not find them. And so one of my other streaming friends, Sadie J, who's in chat, I think, lurking, hopefully. Um, so she got one. And she and I was like, how in the heck did you get it? And she's, oh, yeah, da, 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 like, I found out like GameStop had a bundle and usually the bundles are the ones that take a little bit of time to go because you're paying for so much extra stuff that not everybody is willing to pay the extra just to get a PS5. So I'm like, all right, I'll keep an eye on that. I then also found out what the secret was to getting a PS5 through Best Buy, which is when they announce a stock drop, you go in and you try and add it to your cart because essentially the way that Best Buy is doing it is they know per store how many they're going to get. So they will allow you to buy, and they won't allow it to ship to you. You have to go to the store and pick it up. And so 
what they said you do is cool. If you can get to the point where you can get it into your cart that you're ready to check out, but it won't let you check out, like as long as it stays in your cart, leave it in your cart. And then the next time that Best Buy gets a stock drop, you just go right back. Your cart's still there and you just try and check out. And that's how people have had success getting them. Anyways, so last Tuesday, I want to say, Tuesday, Tuesday or Wednesday, boop, hey, GameStop's having a bundle drop. And I jumped in there. And so at first, typical thing that ends up happening with a lot of these places when you're trying to add it to your cart, get nothing but, you know, you can't add it to the cart and this and that. <laughs> GameStop was just getting a no. It wasn't even giving you an error message. And so I kept trying and restarting. And I'm like, really? Is it literally, it, did they go that fast at GameStop that it can't even add it to the cart? And so I, I tried for, I want to say, about 30 seconds, 45 seconds, and then refresh the page and hit it. And it said, all right, it's added to your cart. I'm like, <gasps> I'm like oh, crap, oh, crap. What was really funny is I'm trying to check out and I couldn't remember what my login for oh. my account was. So I'm like, screw it, check out his guest. <laughs> Put my alternate email in there and went through. And I will say this, it took a while to get here, but we got it. And yes, the box is as huge as it as as the camera makes it look. Like da, I, da, legit, da, da. I legit, I kid you not, I had to sit there and literally buy a PS5. Death to the scalpers. Controller, <laughs> extra controller, three freaking games, and a damn twenty dollar GameStop gift card. Now, as far as the games go, I really wanted Miles Morales, so I was happy that. It was that. I thought it was the regular edition. They gave me the ultimate edition, the one that comes with the remastered Spider-Man from the first one, which is cool. Second game is Hitman 3, which I was contemplating getting it. And I was just like, oh, I want to get that because I used to love the Hitman series. I'm like, I don't want to pay 60 bucks for it, though. I'll wait till it goes on sale. But came on the PS5. And then the game that you know they were cleaning out the warehouse because they were like, we got too many of these things. Send it out. Avengers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know that's the the And they're switching to free to play now. That's the worst part. Yeah. And so like I set the damn thing up, like this thing's enormous. Like all these things online where you they, they show people using reference like stuff that you can see how big it is. Yes, it is huge. It weighs. But the coolest thing that it that was able to do with it is I literally started my PS4 here that I have on my desk hooked up to my capture card. I started up the PS5, and you can go into the menu and say, I want a data transfer. As long as it sees both machines on the network, because I have them both wired, it was really cool. It's like, cool, let's prepare. What do you want to copy over? And I could literally select all my save files from the PS4. And then it's like, cool, here are the games that you have installed. What do you want to bring over? Because literally it is fully backwards compatible with the PS4. So I'm like, oh, well, let me move my Ghost of Tsushima. Let me move this. Let me move that. It literally took it 10 minutes to move over my network, probably about 300 gigabytes worth of information. Like, it was super cool. Yeah, it was super cool because literally the PS4 just said, hey, you know, we're, we're you know, I'll shut off once everything's done. And literally the way you set it up is you, you start it on the PS5. It's like, hey, press and hold the power button on your PS4 for like three seconds until you hear it beep. And it gives you 10 minutes to do that. And then you literally do that. And then it just started everything. And I'm like, man, these people like give it to Sony. They sat there and they, they really made it 
real easy to like move from one machine to the next. Um, other than that, the control is cool as hell. Um, I have yet to feel like I haven't even started playing on it yet. I'm probably going to start doing the Miles Morales Spider-Man probably at some point this week. But definitely heavier than the old controller. Definitely bigger than the old controller. I mean, hell, you sit there and you look at, like, here's the old, here's the new next to it. It's literally, like, you can have the bottom of the of the feet stick out of it. So it's Damn. longer in the hand. And definitely, like, it's a chunkier it's a chunkier controller. He's a chunky boy. Like, I could probably throw this at somebody and really hurt them. If, if, Those if, man uh, hands. <laughs> but, dude, like, it is interesting. I, I want to feel what the, like, the new triggers feel like. Because they say, like, it almost feels like you, it has, like, a dual kind of, like, trigger to it. So, I want to see what it's like. But it's cool as hell. Too much of a pain in the butt to get one. <laughs> now, sure. was it a thing where when you went to GameStop, there was like a line or was it already just so waiting for you? You didn't have to do it. All online. All online oh. and I had to get it shipped to me. So that oh, was okay. the thing that was like crazy about it. So like they're not doing any in-store. So it looks like GameStop, I think, um, is not doing any in-store stuff. Um, I think Best Buy, Target, and Walmart are. But they're literally selling it through online and then you have to go pick it up. So even if they have them, you can't walk in the store and like, Hey, can I get a PS five? Um, they'll say like, yeah, no, we don't have them. You have to do it online. And like, when you look at it out of all the places to do it, Walmart was the worst. Cause literally it would go live. Like they were, they were nice because they would stagger out their inventory every 10 minutes but they were the worst because they literally had nothing when it came to preventing the scalpers from getting them. So like, they're like, all right, we're going to release inventory at three, at three, at three o'clock with 10 seconds, they were already sold out. And then it'd be, I'd literally say like, all right, we're going to release more at three ten. Like it was insane. I know the same thing with like trying to find a graphics card nowadays. Oh. It's insane. I don't know how I got my 3090, but I got a 3090. And I only got a 3090 because that was what was available at the time. I'm like, I don't care. Like, it's it's insane. This this whole crisis that has happened because of the of the pandemic is insane. Like, it's so hard to find stuff. It was funny. I saw someone mention the other day <laughs> uh, that gamers have an advantage of gaming the system to get the COVID vaccine because they're used to like refreshing and, and going oh, to yeah. websites to get like tickets and games and stuff. So they're using those same skills to get the COVID vaccine. I just thought that that was so funny. I'm like, damn, I never thought of it like that. They're like, this is easy for me. The old people are like, I give a oh. tech savvy person, give a, give a tech savvy person the opportunity to, to be the system. We're going to figure it out. <laughs> I mean, hell, I'm 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 just ecstatic that I was able to get mine through through my work. But bro, let me tell you, every story that you see on the news that they talk about, like yeah, like you may get some side effects, and they may be mild, and they may be hard. Who who they ain't lying. They are not lying. I and got there's the so Moderna. many different ones. Oh, dude, I got the Moderna one. First day, you know, first shot, man, I got a little tired. Like, oh, I'm going to take a nap. Like, luckily I did it during my birthday. And it was like, oh, I'm going to take a nap. Boop. The next day, like, oh, yeah, I still feel a little tired. I'm going to take a nap. Boop. 
I was fine after that. The second shot, however, oh, 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 man. That first day, my arm was so sore. That first night, I couldn't sleep. I literally slept three hours that night. So then the next day, on top of being exhausted from not sleeping, then having the tiredness of the vaccine kick in was just like, I'm on a bed. And I was out. I literally, like, I worked half a day and told my boss, I'm like, dude, I'm I'm, I'm going to take the rest of the day off because I'm falling asleep at the keyboard. Like, literally about to just falling asleep. After that is when I started getting the mild headache, which turned into a severe headache. I then started getting the fever, which went from, eh, I was like 99, you know, 99 to 102.5 to the point where I have my wife putting ice on me to cool me down. And like, it was insane. Like I had the body aches, I had everything. And I was like, good Lord. And of course it felt even worse because, hey, I haven't gotten sick in over a year because everybody's washing their hands and taking care. So it was like, man, I forgot how much it sucks to feel sick, you know? And then literally, I, I kid you not, at 3.30 in the morning, as if somebody just walked up and just went boop and turned off a switch, I sat up. Because I was literally, at this point, I was laying on my couch just watching TV because I was asleep. I drift off to sleep for an hour and then wake up. I drift off to sleep for an hour and wake up. At 3.30 in the morning, boop, light switch flipped. I, I, my eyes opened up. I'm drenched in sweat from head to toe. And I literally sit up and I'm like, okay, the fever's passed. And I took my temperature and I was at like like 102. I'm like, all right. I think I'm okay now. You know, I got up. I got a drink of water. I came back. I took my temperature again. It was already down to like 99. And I'm like, wow, that's unbelievable. And the third day felt perfectly fine. But I was As like, I say, Damn. those two days at least hit you like a truck, man. And I can tell you this. If what I felt is what people that have this thing go through, good Lord, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. That that falls second place to having shingles, but I can sit there and tell you, like, that was just horrible. Horrible. Yeah. It's, I, I, I will be glad when everybody can get their, their vaccines. We all kind of go back to more normal. I mean, they are already saying it, that this is going to be more of a, hey, we're probably going to have to take booster shots just like we do for the flu. Because this crap ain't going away. Especially <laughs> if there's different vi- variants that come out later. Yeah. So, you know, being um, since we're both, you know, from Miami area, you see what was going on on South Beach? Bro, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll put it to you this way. I love the fact that you, you had Floridians recording all the people on their spring break going real Floridians ain't at the beach at this time. Exactly. And, like, and not at know, South Beach, because we don't, yeah. yeah, we don't hang on South Beach. But if, if anybody wants to know, Floridians don't hang on South Beach. We take people down to South Beach because they ask us to. Yeah. All real Floridians go to Broward County, to the Broward beaches, to Hollywood, because why? A, you literally get a much better club experience and pay half as much. And and there's parking actually. And there's actual parking, yes. Like that's that legit is like you will not catch a Floridian on South Beach unless they're bringing a family member. It's like, oh, I want to see what South Beach is like. 
And literally, that's because they probably bug them enough because normally the Floridians will be like, it's a super expensive beach that has a bunch of clubs. You don't want to go. And they'll usually take the, their, they'll take the family members that they care about to Broward County. They won't take them to South Beach. It's especially annoying. if you like the bar experience. I've never understood someone who said, especially when they come from a place like Colorado, Seattle or someplace that has really great bars. Or New York, of course, Chicago. Oh, and yeah. then they'll say, Oh, I want to go to South Beach for a bar experience. No, you, you go to you go to Hollywood. Yeah, you know, you go up to Broward. You, you know, you go to the to row the row down there, man. That's the bar experience. You go to South Beach in Florida, you're at least six or seven deep to the bar. And you gotta yell over like a hundred people to try and get the bartender's attention to try and get a drink. And then when the bartender comes back, it's like it's 13 bucks, and you're like for a freaking six ounce drink? What are you kidding me? Yeah, well, that's what you're paying for. Or you sit on the sidewalk where technically out there every single restaurant looks the same. Yeah. <laughs> and then you pay fifteen dollars for a drink. That's 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 the whole like I I laugh thinking back in the day where McDonald's tried to test the market the McCuban sandwich in Florida <laughs> and I'm like, what are you guys kidding me? Like, I can go two minutes away from any McDonald's and find a real Cuban restaurant and get a real Cuban sandwich. I mean, don't get me wrong. It, it, it tasted like a Cuban sandwich. That was not a Cuban sandwich. But for anybody outside of Florida, like, hey, you want to know what a Cuban tastes like? Here you go. Here's some deli meat on a, on a McRib bun. It's funny. Being a transplant now from Chicago and from Miami, it's interesting to go places where they say they have Miami-inspired food. Like I've had the Seattle version of a Cuban sandwich and nah, man, I mean, they, they gave it a good try, but with everything, it's kind of like, you know, the, the Brian Singer cut of a Cuban sandwich, you know, <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's like, I, I don't, it, it was, I, but you know, and same thing with Chicago style deep dish people, pizza people, listen, Chicago style deep dish pizza does not just mean more crust. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. a thick crust people. That's not a Chicago style deep dish pizza. No. And I keep running into that. It's like, oh, deep dish. Like, no, it's just thick crust. That's all you've got. You've it's given me. Not more bread. It's just a, like it's like a lasagna, but it's a pizza. <laughs> you got a yeah, thin crust yeah, at the bottom, much. and then just layer that bad boy with as much meats and cheeses as you can. Not enough it's, to kill a person. You it know, really doesn't have on. that much more bread than like a yeah. New York pizza, if you really think about it. Because the only thing it is is it covers the top, but it's supposed to be a thin layer. It's only maybe the very edges are a little bit more crust, you know, like almost like a pie. But yeah. the rest of it is thin amount of dough. It's, it's not like this big old, you know, piece of bread. Yeah, the the thing that I get, like all the stuff that I've seen in all the like food shows where they go to Chicago and they eat deep, you know, deep dish pizza. It's legit. All these chefs that have gone, they say. Chicago deep dish pizza is the only pizza that you are allowed to eat with a fork and a knife just because of like how thick it is and it won't hold up when you pick it up. You have to eat it with a fork and knife. But I totally agree with you. So you look at all these places that are like, oh, we got deep dish pizza. It's like, no, you have bread that you put pizza stuff on top and you're calling it deep dish because they do get the thickness. But when half the half the pizza is dough, it's like, nah, you missed the whole point there. That's like good New York pizza. Oh, dude. The greasier the New York pizza is, the better that damn pizza is. You better believe it. Especially if it's like from an old Italian family that oh, literally yeah. you walk in and they're arguing with one another. 
you're going to have a really good experience eating that pizza. It's just like, like the sandwiches. You have to go to like a Jewish deli, man. Like oh, I went to dude. one and the sandwich was like that. And I'm just like, uh, yeah. When we went to New York, like we went to a Jewish deli that it was like the sandwiches were like these huge things. But these people had homemade dill pickles. I kid you yeah. not. In the deli, they had a wood barrel that they had the the pickles just brining and i was like good lord like that hands down was the best pickle i had ever had and what was insane is the woman that that worked there um she was i think the daughter of the owner and all that like she would sit there and you would say oh can i get one of those pickles and she would literally ask you do you want like full pickle half sour like she knew which ones to grab out for half sours that were halfway done just by looking at them. And I was like, good Lord, like that, that goes to show you how many years they've been doing this, that she can sit there without like hesitation and in two seconds go, here you go. Like that is, you can't teach that to somebody, really. It's just experience from doing it. Her father learned from doing it, taught her she's going to do it, her kids and her kids' kids, like everybody. This is all like family alone. It's the same thing as, like, you know, you go to Philly, man, and you have a cheesesteak. It's like, yeah. you know, that's a, like, I, that's a religious experience. I've had literally cheesesteaks from Pat's and Gino's. And it's hilarious because my wife and I both said the same thing. Like, it's funny because when you look at Pat's, Pat's by far has the better steak with onion and cheese combination. Gino's, bro, their bread is insane. But there's just something about the steak, the cheese, and the onions that it's like, yeah, Pat's is better. I literally said, I'm like, I would literally straight up buy a Philly cheese from Pat's and a Philly cheese from Gino's, and I would literally scoop out the meat from the, the bread from Pat's and put Gino's meat in it. It would be the best Philly cheese sandwich. You'd literally have the best <laughs> Philly cheese sandwich and the worst Philly cheese sandwich at the same time. Got to have a hybrid. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> Man, when I went to New York, it's funny, too, because I went to New York in 2019. 2019? No, 2018. 2018. I went in 2018. And I went to, like, what they consider pizza roll, and I got one of those pizzas where you have to fold it. And even as I was folding it, the grease started to drip, and I'm like, oh, yeah, dude. this is real. And then you have to, like, tilt it, and then you have, like, almost like a bib. Like, you're holding the napkin, yeah. and you're eating it because it's, like, dripping, and that's – it's, it's like, the best. But what was funny is we went during um, – right, we went right before Christmas because we Ooh. always pick the days that we figure most people don't want to go because it's going to be cold. Like, we went to Chicago in February. Nobody was <laughs> – Nobody was there. It was perfect for us because we had the city to ourselves. But man, so they were doing the lighting of the tree in Rockefeller Center. And they were doing like, I forgot, was it Macy's? It was one of those store windows. They were unveiling it. You know, all the little puppets Mm. and the figures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That place was so packed. It's just funny. Now with COVID, I think back... I've never been a crowd that big. It was basically back to back, like anywhere you turned, there were people <laughs> on you. Like I had like people just squeezed up on me where we were mm-hmm. moving like this. And I was just like, now I just think about COVID. You know, it's like even whenever I watch a television show, it's so weird what COVID has done to us because 
I'll see a show where people are all together doing something, and I'm just like, are we gonna ever do that again? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, that's where's your mask? That is one of those things where, good lord, like this has changed everything, even in gaming. Like the fact that they've canceled out God knows how many, you know, tournaments and and conventions and stuff like that. Like, dude, I was I was hoping. I'm like, oh, I can hope beyond hope. Maybe PAX East this year. Like, nope, ain't gonna happen. And I literally went to PAX East last year, right before they shut everything down. And that was like, to say that was the lightest PAX East I've ever been to is to say it lightly. Like, that was the one that you had Sony pull out. You had all these people pull out at the last minute type of a thing. And it was still a great show because Nintendo was there revealing Animal Crossing. And they literally had a huge area that they converted it into the Animal Crossing Village. And it was amazing. But you could see, like, I'll have to give it to that convention center. They had hand sanitizer, like, every which way. You could literally see the people constantly with uh, with uh, sterilization stuff, cleaning the handrails of the, the, the staircases and all that. Anywhere that had a high-touch thing, they'd come by at least twice to three times an hour and wipe it down. Like, it was insane. But, yeah, dude, I was just like, it ain't going to happen, but it'd be nice. If they did have a PAX East. I kind of wonder, though, is there going to be like this huge surge, like not the bad kind of thing that we've seen like in in South Beach and stuff. But like once it really is clear and most of us are vaccinated, I wonder if people are just going to be like, we have to host this. It's like it's going to be like an explosion because everybody wants to launch it once it's safe. I almost feel like. It's going to be one of those things where, like, I think they'll, they'll wherever they are in the schedule, they'll they'll pick up. So, like, oh, like, if, if at this point, like, PAX East won't happen because, hey, it would have happened in February or, you know, beginning mid-March. But, like, the thing that I feel like is going to happen is when everything pretty much <laughs> goes back to normal, the floodgates are going to open and people are going to go out. People are gonna spend money, and the economy is just gonna go and blow up because you're gonna have all these people that have been literally locked indoors for a year. All that money. The people that were saving money are gonna be like, you know what? I will buy that thing that and I always wanted. We understand that people were hurt are hurting, and you know we're hurting, are hurting, and not making light of that. But there's also a lot of people that have been stocking up money waiting i know people that are like hey i have more in my savings than i ever had and you know they're lucky to be there that way but they're they're waiting they're waiting Mm -hmm. to hit up vegas they're waiting to hit up all these places so it's good i can tell you right now i knew it was crazy when i was pretty much putting together my current pc and it was just like i can't find parts and it was like, because you realize, like, A, they weren't manufacturing as many farts because the factories were shut down. But people that were sitting at home that were saving money was like, oh, I had been thinking about building a computer. I'm going to build a computer. And you couldn't find anything. And so, like, yeah, like, to the people that, like, are, are, are going through it, that are having a rough time, like, it's going to get better. It's just a matter of time. And I think we'll get there. And to the lucky ones that have literally sat at home, you know, working from home and have been able to save and all that, like, those are going to be the people that are going to kickstart the economy back into, 
you know, into gear again, because like, you're going to see people are like, people have got a heavy case of, of cabin fever right now. Oh yeah. And they're ready to go. <laughs> like, dude, I, I, I don't think I brought this up to you before, but looking at your, the comic books you have ha- hanging on that wall, I know, so bottom one, the one with Spider-Man and Carnage, that's supposed to be the first appearance of Carnage. Yes. I know that. Um, second, from to the right from the bottom, the Batman one, that was the Dark Knight series that they did, because I remember they did the yellow cover and they did the blue cover. Yep. You literally have two copies of the Death of Superman, the black cover and the white one. Yep, that's white is when he came back, like his official. That's right, when he came back, that's right. Uh, unopened, the of, by the way. Those are unopened. Damn. To the left of the white Superman, uh, Amazing Spider-Man, that's either one or two. That was the Maximum Carnage uh, series. I only know because I literally had every single one of those. Uh, To the left of that is Savage Dragon number one, I believe, if I remember right. Left of that is Spawn number one. Uh, Next to the right of the black Superman, that's Cable number one. I remember because I had that one. Uh, third one from the left on the top, that's Venom, Lethal Protector number one. Yep. Uh, four overs, Max number one. Yep. Uh, to the right of that, that was the one where Spider-Man got the silver armor. I can't remember what they called it, but I remember that episode. Uh, and I think that's all the ones that I remember. I know the one underneath the, or to the right of the white, uh, Superman is a Spider-Man one where it was like a holographic image of him, like... Uh, like I don't remember if it was mid swing or shooting out a web or something like that, but I remember that issue. Yeah, I think that's if I believe that's uh, Amazing Spider-Man 300. Oh, okay, yeah. And uh, that one you can't see the spectacular Spider-Man because the sun—that's where Green Goblin gets killed. Oh but man! Underneath the Black Superman. Damn. I remember like the ones I had is I, I not only had that issue of the uh, first appearance of Carnage, but I actually had. Uh, I think it was either amazing, or it was either amazing or spectacular Spider-Man uh, 299, which was the one where him and Venom fight uh, at the carnival, and then 300, oh, yeah. which was the one where he saves Brock's uh, wife, and that's where he leaves, and that was when Lethal Protector came out. After that, also they're making this, they're gonna be making the Static movie, so that Static number one is gonna be. Oh man, yeah. I man, I really wish I did not get rid of all my comics, man. You know what sucks is when I moved from Miami. Well, it doesn't suck because I gave it to a good good friend of mine, Shin Hayabusa, who I've done a podcast with too. So I know they're in good hands. But I had uh, like I kept most of the number ones just because I like number ones. But mm-hmm. I had some really good full series in there. Like for instance, I had X Force up to like number twenty. Five. Wow. And those first ones, a lot of them are worth all of it. Maybe number one isn't even the most, you know, worth. Yeah. Um, I also had the entire Executioner song one. That's basically where um, Professor X gets shot with the tetano virus, and they think Cable did it. So it's, oh, yeah. it's X Force versus uh, X Men versus X Factor. It's. Oh, dude. I had that entire run, and and I know that's worth more, but. Dude, I had, like I said, I had every issue, the 13-issue spread of Maximum Carnage. And then I even bought the book that had literally all the comics in one. And and mind you, 
when I was collecting this, like I got the comic, I pulled it out, I read through it, closed it back into the thing and into a long box. That's literally the only time that it had gotten open was when I read it. And I was super careful as I read it to not like fold the pages or do anything like that to it. Yeah, pretty uh, much all of those are read once, and some have never yeah. been opened. The ones yeah. in bags are have never been opened. It's insane. Yeah, like the, the Superman one, I remember that one. Like, I remember most of my collection, what I ended up getting was there was a comic book store that was probably like four blocks away from, from one of the houses I lived in. And the dude, like, I would get some of my issues from him. I had another comic book store I used to go to and get uh, issues from. But, like, he got to a point where, like, he wasn't getting enough traffic that he was just like, yeah, I'm going to have to shut the place down. So he literally did a going out of business sale and had like legit, unless it was one of those like super rare comics, that was like three, 400 bucks. It was like, cool. If the comic has a, has a value of like a dollar 50 or less, I think it was, or like, I think it was like five bucks or less. It's like 50 cents or like unless it was 25 cents a copy. If it was more than that, 50 cents a copy. So I picked up, like, dude, I picked up so many good comics. I literally legit had the X-Men issue where Magneto rips the adamantium off of uh, Wolverine, paid 50 cents for it, or $1.50 or something like that. Um, I, like, legit had some crazy – like, that's where I picked up the uh, the first appearance of Carnage. I picked up uh, legitly the first issue where Spider-Man came out with the black costume from Venom. Um, like I had so many comics that I was just like, uh, and I ended up like trading them away because I just had no room for them anymore. And now legit, I'm like, damn, I wish I didn't, I didn't do it. Cause I'm sure I had some that were worth a good penny now. My baseball, football and basketball collection. Oh, All dude. of those are from like eighties, nineties. Oh, I inherited dude. them. Yeah. Um, one thing, I, I don't want to, like, end on a sad note, but it's like, uh, I have to mention this. Um, Jessica Walter from Arrested Development and oh, the other thing. Yeah. You know, dude, it's... Archer's mom's voice, dude. Right. It's, <laughs> she passed away at age 80, I believe, and damn, man, that that's sad. Yeah, you man. know, it's like... I, I, I like her work. You know, I did, I, I'm not a really an actor follower, so I don't know that much about her like besides that but at least those two shows i love them and it was great and she'll be oh there. yeah like that that's the thing that when you look at like especially an actor or an actress that legit like like betty white that woman is yeah. 90 something years old and has been doing stuff forever and it's hilarious like you look at her even still now as old as she is man when they have her on those award shows and she comes out and talks she is a riot and a half dude Oh yeah, awesome. Still got I'm it. Right in the half, still's got it. And it's like, dude, I'm like sitting there going, like, dude, I swear to God, as soon as like COVID became a thing, I'm like, bro, if freaking this disease or this virus takes Betty White, I'm gonna be pissed. You know, Betty White is freaking living in a hyperbolic house right now. It's like, <laughs> uh-uh. No, I, you know, I admit this. This is this is selfish. But you know what really pissed me off and also scared me? I I like Picard. I know a lot of people, especially Star Trek fans, are weird. <laughs> so there's people that hate on it. Whatever. I don't care. I take any Trek that I can get. It's better than no Trek. Um, true, true. And I, I liked Picard. I love the actor. And I'm just thinking, man, 
that's like a whole year almost of something he can't be doing. And the guy's oh, older. Yeah. So it's oh, not yeah. like he has tons of years left. And it's like, just, just think, you know, like when you really think about how much COVID does, I mean, obviously that's minuscule compared to people being sick, oh. dying, losing loved ones. But still, when you think of just how many people's careers and have been delayed or postponed, yeah. it's crazy. Come on, baby, we're we're gonna get a Black Adam movie. Dwayne Johnson, Dwayne Johnson showed the script. <laughs> he showed his script. Like, I'll put it to this way: I still think, like, yeah, uh, Jean Luc, uh, like Jean Luc was probably like one of Patrick Stewart's like like memorable roles that everybody's like, oh yeah, Picard. Uh, like, dude, seeing him in those Uber Eats commercials with yeah. Mark Hamill is so great. And I think for me, my favorite one is where Mark Hamill is like, you know, today I'm going to eat blah, blah, blah with, you know, with tomatoes. And then freaking they switch over to Patrick Stewart. And he's like, tonight I'm going to have to know with some tomatoes. Yeah. And like, dude, that just back and forth with them is hilarious. Like, dude, like Hamill's another one that it's like, bro, legit. He's he's hilarious and all that and like and you sit there and you look at it like so many people, you know, talk about how like oh if it never was for Star Wars and blah 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 he wouldn't be. I'm like dude that was his one shot he rode with it. Like if you look at it he did a ton of stuff but that nowhere near as much recognition as hey he was Luke Skywalker and he's written this thing and he don't care. Hamill's a cool guy and he's even made fun of it like when he did Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, like. He legit is one of those people that he's like, I don't care that people only know me for this and they joke around about it. I'll join in on the joke. He doesn't care. You got to think about it, though. Him and Patrick Stewart has something in common that's powerful. They both had roles that define them, but then Mm -hmm. they have a secondary role that another group can define them. Because with, with Skywalker... Anyone who likes Joker, even, you know, it doesn't even have to be like some people are a little bit too young to really have watched the Batman Adventures, but he was still in the Arkham series. So Mm -hmm. they heard him there and he still does some of the Batmans and some of the movies, uh, the animated movies. So he is iconic Joker as well as Skywalker. So that's hard to do when you're such a same thing with Stuart. Stuart, iconic, of course, is John Luke Picard, but also as Professor X. You yeah. know, so to be able it's, to be known by two gigantic, iconic characters is a huge accomplishment. It's like the first time. So what's really funny is I had no idea that Hamill was Joker. Oh, really? I loved the Joker that he played in the Batman animated series. And the day that like blew my mind that I was like, holy crap, Hamill is Joker was watching Jay and Silent Bob strike back because he comes out as as cockknocker as he calls himself yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he starts talking and he did the Joker laugh and I'm like hold up did he just laugh like the Joker and then like I'm like oh whoa whoa and then that's when I like googled it and I found that and I'm like holy shit one of the best Jokers I've ever seen was Mark Hamill and I had no idea like, dude, the way he does the laugh, he does it so well. And, like, the cackle and everything about that character is just, like, insane. And, like, when he was in the, the Arkham series, it was just like, dude, that was insane. Even to the point where he did, 
I found it funny that he did Arkham Knight, but didn't like say like, oh, I'm doing it because as far as everybody knew, like he officially retired the character after City. And bro, it's it's dude, like you say, it's very hard to find actors that you can grab them and say, oh yeah, these are two iconic roles that they did that you can say like, yep, these people know him from this and these people know him from this. Like it's insane how uh, how they can sit there and like do that. But man, like God, man, like I said, his Joker was just by far insane. It reminds me kind of like I saw a video where they talked about. Um, Robin Williams and all the best improv that he did. And when you look at that video and they talk about Aladdin, they like no joke. They said the animators had something like 16 hours of him just going off and improving a bunch of stuff. And they loved every bit of it and put in as much as they were uh, like literally as much as Disney would allow them to put in. Because it was just all hilarious. And he was one that, like, yeah, his his roles and all that, like, that was one of his famous ones. The other one that they say is, uh, that's famous is in Goodwill Hunting. There's a scene where, where Matt Damon's laid out on a couch and he's talking to Robin Williams and Robin Williams tells him a story about his dead wife and why he remembers her. And it was this whole thing about how she used to fart in her sleep. And the whole story he's telling, he completely improvs the whole story. And Matt Damon laughing is legit him actually laughing at the story. And what's really funny is there's a part in the story where he says, and says like one night she farted so loud, she woke herself up and I blamed it on the dog. I didn't have the heart to tell her that it was actually her. And Matt Damon just loses it laughing. And to the point that if you pay attention and you look at the filming, you can see the camera shake because the the cameraman was laughing too. And he couldn't keep the camera straight. Like those are things like that, that it's like, man, like that defines actors in some way that like, you know, is, is great. Uh, to me, the best thing he ever did was, if you watch his comedy special that he did on Broadway, when he talks about how the, how the Scottish people uh, developed golf it is legit. One of the funniest damn things I've ever seen in my life. Like straight up, you would just laugh from beginning to end where it like just the whole, even how he starts it is funny. It's like, you know, they get so drunk that they don't care. And how can they can invent a, a sport like golf? He's like, here's my idea for the sport. I whack a ball in a gopher hole, <laughs> you know, and it's like it's, and he just keeps adding to it. It just gets funnier and funnier and funnier. It's like, oh, like a like a like a pool thing. It's like, fuck off, pool, not with a straight stick, with a little fucked up stick. <laughs> He's like, oh, so like it's it's right there. He's like, no, I put the whole hundreds of yards away. <laughs> Oh man, because that was the other thing is he was great at doing like the the impressions and the accents and stuff like that. Oh lord, man. Good God. Crap, I forgot I was streaming this. We're <laughs> 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 going off and just yeah. hi Twitch. This is what we do when we do our shows, and then this all gets edited into the nice episode that you see. Sometimes, sometimes I'm lazy and I just put it the way it is because it's oh, like, hey. 
which actually now now that I'm, I'm thinking about it here um now that we like we've done god how many episodes of this thing it's been a good amount i think officially because what i've done is i've taken some old interviews that kind of don't really fit an obsolete gamer and and, and put it in geek salad but as far as us i think we're up to 25 now okay um because now like i know for the longest time my brother and i have been wanting to do a podcast together and we've been like it's been in the planning phases for (laughs) like you know how that can go um but legit like we're actually gonna finally like sit down discuss like how do we want to do it how long we want to do it, how often we want to do it, all that, get that all down, and then, like, start doing the topics and get it all actually done. I am hoping to be able to, I will more than likely stream the episodes um, on Twitch as I do it on my channel, and then from there we could probably upload the episodes to the uh, to our YouTube channel that we already have. Um, we've at least come up with a title for the for the damn thing and that took a good while um to do which it will be called the pips and pixels podcast um so we're working on that so that will eventually come as well it's gonna be fun um i just need to get my brother (laughs) together so that we can like plan it all out which would be cool but looking forward to that so we'll do things where i'll talk about stuff board game related he'll talk about stuff video game related because he's like real legit into a lot of the more retro stuff like legit has a a major collection to the point where i believe his vita collection i believe he's only like i want to say less than 10 games away from having a complete collection oh wow um and that includes like weird like japanese type like ones um i know like he's 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 got i think for the psp he has a complete collection of it um but he's like working on also like a ds collection like he he's trying to put legit a good thing he like last time i went and i saw him down in florida like he had uh his 2600 collection he had a ton of carts like even some that were still in the box with manuals and everything inside of them um He'll do where he, if he can get a game and it's missing the box, like he'll do everything he can to like get a box and try and get an original kind of like cover for it and put it in. I know he's done that with a couple of PlayStation 2 games where he had to like buy a, get a, um, a case that was essentially a, like not an original case. Uh, not an original case, but it's like, it looks almost exactly like a PS2 or PS3 case and then like print out a, a cover for it because it's like literally one of those GameStop specials where like, oh, you want a copy of like, you know, Beyond Good and Evil? Here's the disc. And that's, that's yeah. all you, got, you know. So he's trying like really hard to like make it about as complete as he can. Um, and he does collect even some of the, um, oh, what's the name of the company that does the, the print offs of games that normally don't have a physical copy? Oh, man. I can't remember the name of the company, but there's a company that basically comes out with them. Like they'll do um, like physical releases of games that are like normally just digital. Um, so they'll put it on for whatever format. So like for the switch, I have like two, two of his actually Vita games that 
that he was missing from his collection when I went to PAX East. They had him. The company was there at PAX East, and they happened to have copies there. So he was like, oh, oh, can you pick them up for me and then, like, ship them to me? <laughs> God, I'm trying to remember. I think one of them was, like, Home was the, the game that came out digitally on the PlayStation Store, but they never had a physical uh, release, and this company did it. Like, they're getting huge, too, now. can't remember that. I mean, good Lord. I had to ask my brother and go, hey, uh, what's that name of that stupid? <laughs> the company that you uh, that you do? Well, uh, I, I'd say this show has been a success. We covered, like, food, so. movies, TV shows, games, <laughs> collecting. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I'm looking, like I said, I'm looking forward to starting Miles Morales because, dude, Spider-Man? Ooh, man, I don't know if you played that on the PS4. Good lord, they did a good job with that game. Although, I hear the remaster, they completely changed the way Peter Parker looks at people were pissed. Like really? they made a, oh, dude, it's like a completely different model, a character. I think they, so I think the whole thing was, is that, I'm trying to remember, they wanted him to look more like Tom Holland. So they hired an actor that kind of looks like Tom Holland, but is not Tom Holland. And then legit had this dude record, re-record all the audio. And then they put this guy in, the, in this, this other actor in the game. And people that were like, that had PS5s that they're like, oh, we're getting a Spider-Man rematch. So they booted him. They're like, the hell is this? This ain't Spider-Man. Uh, oh, damn. Yeah, no, it was bad. Like. They were people were straight up legit like yo we're mad this isn't right but that's I'm looking forward to that and I'm looking forward to like especially seeing some of those like crazy videos that people put up on YouTube of all the crazy kills that they do in Hitman Three oh, where they yeah. legit where they legit grab every single character uh, person in the level and like pile them up into like a wine press and then press the wine and kill everybody at once. <laughs> <laughs> Got great minds out there. <laughs> Dude, it's insane. All right, now, I'm going to end the podcast version. But, of course, if we want to continue the after show, that's fine. <laughs> but I do want to thank everybody for listening to the podcast this week. And we're going to have it up very soon. We'll also, of course, have the video as well if you want to actually see our mugs and not just listen. Yeah, this will be the first time in a while that we've done video. Yeah, that's exactly. So that's because I finally got the green screen up and all that. And we that's nice. That, One that, day I got to do that. Oh, dude. Well, see, so here's the thing. You've got a nice enough background that you don't need a green screen. That's what I'm looking forward to one day when I have a house of my own where I could, like, literally don't have to use a green screen anymore. It'd be great. Have a nice game room. or, or Have a nice game, game room and stuff, you know? Yeah, it'd be great. I only do this because I don't want to show, you know, my bed and everything and blah, blah, blah in the background. I have crazy cats doing God knows what in the background. Well, we'll be back very soon with another episode of Geek Salad. But until next time, remember our motto, never stop gaming. Peace. <laughs>